Crazy Effing Mommy, episode 125. I'm Elise DeLucci. Welcome to New York, baby. This is my favorite time of the year. Not only in general, like the holidays in December. I am a winter bunny, but it's my favorite time of the year in New York City. Summer, I want nothing to do with this place. Nothing. It's hot, sticky, stinks. Winter, oh, sign me up. Like if we were friends in real life and we're together in the city and we're walking around any city and you said to me, Elise, it's too cold. I, I don't want to walk 39,000 blocks. You know what I'm going to say? I got to end our friendship. Sorry. That's just what I like to do. You know, I, I I just like to be outside. Unfortunately, I'm not outside as much as you know, because I I because because I don't want to get stabbed. Like I'm, I'm paranoid right now, but I am. I'm getting out more. Anyway, fact of the day has to do with good old St. Nick. Do you ever have to field a lot of questions with your kids, from your kids, from anybody about Santa? Who knows what to tell these people, right? (laughs) I remember last year around this time, I did a fact of the day about why Santa wears red. And I was so surprised to find out myself that the reason why Santa wears red is because in the 20s, he was shilling Coca-Cola and that was their color. And it was part of like his deal, right? It was part of like his, uh, it was part of their uh, branding deal. Like Santa went from wearing royal blue and purple to then wearing red. How crazy. But when people refer to Santa as St. Nick, I had no idea about this fact. And let me get the year right. St. Nicholas is a real saint and he was born in a Greek village in year 20. No, not, no. Rewind. The real St. Nick was born in a Greek village in year 270 A.D. AD, which means he's 1,750 years old. That's how you want to know how old Santa is. Santa is 1,750 years old. And if anybody says, well, why the hell doesn't Santa look like a pile of dust right now? The reason is because his jolly, merry spirit, (laughs) his supple, fatty skin keeps him alive. That's what you got to tell the kids. But he's quite old. He's quite old, but again, he's magical. So who knew? Who knew? I didn't, I actually, I didn't know that St. Nick was a real, real man. Uh, I didn't know that he was um, 1,700 years old. You know what I do want to know though? I want to know why we're not referring to Mrs. Claus by a first name. I, someone explain that to me. I said this to my boyfriend. What the hell is Mrs. Claus's first name? He turns to me. He goes, I think it's Jessica. I said, Je- no, no, that is not her first name. He said, yes, yes. There was a movie in like the 70s and that was her first name. I said, I heard her first name was Gertrude. I checked in with a friend. Friend said the name was Mary. What the hell is your first name, Mrs. Claus? Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the reality of the situation. Why we don't know Mrs. Claus's first name is because we did and pretty much still do live in a patriarchal society where the man rules the roost and the woman takes the back seat to everything, even though she's doing all the important jobs, getting the reindeer in order, running the operations at the North Pole, overseeing all the toy making, doing all the baking of the cookies and the cooking. And does she get credit? No. Who does? Santa. But you know what? Last time I checked, anybody that runs operations, anybody in the corporate world that has the COO title, they're usually next in line to take over to be the president. It would be nice if we just gave this mysterious, nameless lady 
an official name. That's all I'm saying. Is that is like, is that so much? Is that is that so much to ask for? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. You know, you could spin this all like, oh, it's Mrs. Claus. She's the wife. She has an air of mystery. She plays hard to get with the general pop. No, that's not why. That the sad truth is that in back from God knows when, the man who's in charge rules the roost. Okay. And in patriarchal societies, they don't like to acknowledge the contributions of the women. Just saying. Just saying. I know, like people are like, what is it? like what, what is she talking about right now? No, this is this is this is real. Look it up. This this is this is this is a real theory. And it's also the Elisa Lucci theory. You're welcome. Moving right along to TV talk. I'm starting to watch billions. I can't believe I've never watched billions. Like I just I can't believe it. You know, it's about uh this it's 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 based on Steve Cohen, uh, who ran SAC Capital up in Greenwich, Connecticut. I went up to SAC Capital. I crashed their Christmas party about 15 years ago with my good friend, Bess Levin. Hello, Bess. At the time, she was the editor for dealbreaker.com, which is a Wall Street uh, rag, blood blog um, that tells gossip and bonuses and leaks information. I ran all sales and marketing. Bess and I were on the founding team of this company. And now Bess is over at Vanity Fair, but we had quite the... Uh, activities together, including crashing SAC Capital's Christmas party one year. I rented a car, a Zipcar. That was before Zipcar kicked me out of their membership. Thank you, Zipcar. Don't ask. You know why they kicked me out? Because I returned my cars a couple times in one in a one month span too late, like over my time limit. I get it. I wasn't being a community player. So they kicked me out for life. Anyway, I remember Bess was like, you need to get a car. We need to drive to crash the Christmas party for SAC Capital. And I was like, on it. So naturally, I rented the Chrysler. What was it? The Chrysler 300 The in, in cherry red. Looked like a Bentley. You know, there we were, 24 years old, flying flying up the Metro and more, cra- crashing some rich people's Christmas party. Had a great time. Had a great time. But so I started watching Billions. The fictional uh, company is Axe Capital. And it's it's great. It's a great show. It's not a calm show, though. If you work in finance, Wall Street, hedge fund, whatever, institutional investment, whatever, you're watching this show, it's not calm. And there are some moments where it's triggering, especially for me. I, I'm watching it. I have some moments that are triggering, but it's but it's really good. Um, I'm addicted it's there's I think there's like, I don't know, a few seasons, four or five, six, I don't know, a bunch of seasons. So I'm I'm just I'm coasting through it. The one show I didn't I don't have to just like coast. I watch I binged was Reacher. OK, it's on Netflix. It's based on uh, these books by Lee Childs called Reacher. And they came out with a television show. On Netflix called Reacher. And it's basically about a highly decorated military veteran. And it's kind of like the guy that saves the day in all situations. That's like that's 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 just like the very, very high level gist. It's so good. It was so good. I was so reluctant to watch this. Chris wanted me to watch it. But like, I don't know, however long came out. You got to read the Reacher novels. You got to watch Reacher. It's going to be coming on TV. And I was like, I don't want to watch a show where like the man is constantly saving the day. Like I just got off Handmaid's Tale where the woman's saving the day. You know what I'm saying? Like I- I'm I'm on the woman streak. If you haven't noticed by my Mrs. Claus rant, just saying. I, if it's like I I 
I, and I just I just like don't I didn't want to watch. I want to watch something that's more grounded in reality, you know. But he was like, just give it one, one and a half episodes. And if you like it, stay with it. And it's only one season. So I said, fine. Long story short, I was hooked. I watched it in like four days. Done. Great. Totally recommend. And and the other show, the other show that you can't binge because it's a pain in the ass. It comes out, I think it's every Thursday or Sunday that you need to check out. If I'm sure you all are watching it already. Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. Just amazing. Guy gets shipped out to Oklahoma. I think it's Oklahoma. And, um, you know, a mobbed up connected guy gets, you know, shipped out to Oklahoma. Not in witness protection. I forget the reason. And he's just there doing his thing. And it's just so good. And, it, you know, like, the, I've actually heard mixed reviews about it. Some people are like, oh, you know, Vic's wife said uh, she feels like she can't really wrap her head around it because um, she, oh, every time she watches Sylvester Sloan on the TV, all she's thinking about is Rocky. But Vic loves it. I love it. We all, like, we love it. Like, it's so good. It's just, it's, I just love it. But, you know, I also think I'm biased because I'm, I love everything that's Italian. And another and another TV note is Justina Valentine. I don't know if you know her, Justina Valentine. She's on uh, MTV's Wild and Out. <clears throat> she's a battle rapper. And she has a Christmas movie coming out at the end of December. And I auditioned for it. She, I, <clears throat> not voluntarily. Like not, I didn't seek it out. They came to me. It was months ago. It was uh, almost a year ago now. Her, the producer on the movie reached out and they were casting for a part of her sister-in-law and they they wanted me to play the part and I auditioned auditioned I wound up not getting it Uh, I don't know who it went to but the movie's coming out it has it has a lot of uh, people in it like you know like reality-ish people Um, a lot of the Real Housewives of New Jersey are in it Uh, Nick Cannon is in it Eric Del Sandro's in it It, it's cute it's like a hip-hop Italian-ish Christmas movie. The role was fun. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's funny how auditions work, by the by. Because I they wanted me to read for it three times. I read for, and the, the, every time I read, they were like, amazing. Like it's exact because it was basically like my personality. It was basically like me, was the sister-in-law, right? And uh they were like, Oh, you this is roles for you. And then they wanted me to do one last reading. And the reading was on like a gray screen. Like it was blacked out. They were, it was a zoom reading. They were like, Oh, we want you to read for a couple other people that are a part of the film. And we're going to have a bunch of people on, you know, like the other producers. So it's going to be a zoom call. You'll see everybody's faces except one face, except one face. And I actually think that one face was Justina and it was, you know, the camera was off and it was funny because I mean, and this is this is just the truth, whether I should be saying this or not. The producers were like, oh, my God, amazing. Like, this is you. It's just you. It's you blah, 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 the whole thing. Whatever. And then after that reading, the producer was like, it was great. It was great. We'll get back to you. I, I, like, you basically, you basically got the part. I just, we just need to check with this, like, other person. And it was all this, like, ominous other person. And then, for whatever, I never heard back. Am I recording? Yes, I am recording this. Sorry, how to check something on my technical aspect over here uh and then and, and then i never heard back never heard back i went from you got the part to never hearing back 
And whoever this mystery person was on the Zoom call, whoever was grayed out, was the person that was like, no, I don't want Elise to do it. And I, listen, I don't give a shit. I'm busy. I'm a comedian. I'm not, I don't go around saying I'm an actress. I'm not an actress. You know, it's funny. When I get called in for parts, I'm like, they're like, we need you to read for this part. I'm like, I'm not an actress. And I laugh. I like laugh it off. And and Bobby Finero, you know, soprano, he's like, stop going around saying you're not an actress, Elise. Do you understand? He's like, you're a personality. You have a big personality. You're a comedian. You're a performer. He's like, everybody, whether you're an, you call yourself an actress, whether you're not. And it's funny because, you know, I actually did take a lot of acting classes over the years. But he he's like, you are an actress. And I'm just like, all right, fine. I'm an actress. But I always think it's funny when I get called in. They're obviously, you know, they, but whatever. They like me. Fine. So I read for this thing. I never heard back. Unprofessional. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't hear back for weeks. Like, I actually think it went like a couple months. I reached out to the producer that was like, you got the part. You got it. Because it's like, look, how, yeah. at the very least, you got to go back to the people and say, you know what? We thought this was for you. And then we decided to change directions. Right? Hello? This is where your business skills come in handy. The corporate skills in my my in this line of work and show business. Just saying. And I'm not saying that these people on this movie production weren't professional. I'm just saying if you're going to say to somebody that you got basically got the role and this is when we're filming and can you block off these days and da 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 da. If all of a sudden you change your tune, you got to go back and you got to communicate that to the actor. That's all. So anyway, I think that person was just seen it for whatever reason, for whatever reason. And I don't care. I, whoever they selected, I'm sure is going to be amazing. And I'm going to go see it and I'm going to watch it. I think it actually might be just direct to streaming. I don't think it's going to be in theaters. But um, anyway, just a little TV update for you. And by the way, I'm having such a week this week. Okay. So if you hear the heat on in the background, if you hear like a buzzing in the background, it's like the heat on. Okay. In my house. And I am not turning it off because I'm just like, I need to be in an incubator right now. That That's all. That's all I need to say. I, I You know why I'm having a week? Because time is moving so fast and I can't seem to get a grip on it. Like, you know, and by the by, when you, the listener, listen to this, you might be listening to this, you know, in a couple of days, because I think most people listen to my podcast on a weekly basis from all the analytics that I've looked at. So when an episode comes out, it gets consumed pretty much within the week. Because, you know, this is like a weekly talk show. This is when we talk. This is a weekly conversation, correct? But if you are listening to this months, you know, months go by, and say you're listening to this in April, it is now December and it's now Christmas time. Christmas is in two weeks. And I'm in a funk because I time is going too fast. It's just, I can't seem to get a grip on the fact that it's almost Christmas. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know if it's because, you know, I got this cacodone of a boyfriend that's been telling me that he's proposing to me and it's not happening and all that, you know, like that kind of garbage, you know, is in the back of my head. And like, I, I need to get a move on things if that's happening. Slash, I don't really care, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know if it's because like, I'm not done with my Christmas shot. Like, I just don't know. I just don't know. But it, I, I feel like overall, it's just, I can't get a handle on time. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of was in a little bit of a funk this week. And then the other thing is, you know, I and this is a re very real thing for comedians. I mean, you know, obviously. I talk about my comedy journey and it's like it's a really if you want to be a comedian, if you ever want to think about doing stand up comedy, you have to know that this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This is something that you do. Forever. 
you have to love it. This is just something that just you just do and do and want, you know, one day you'll wake up and you'll look back and say, wow, I'm so much better than I was a year ago or four years ago or five years ago, you know, or 10 years ago, or you wake up and you, you know, and you're living in this, say you, you've really made it. You're living in this palatial mansion and you're like, wait a second, when did all this shit happen? You know, when, when I just remember living in my little hovel, like, you know, it's like, when did I become so successful? It's just, it's just a marathon and it just evolves, but there are a lot of frustrations uh, with the journey, as you can imagine, as you know, I'm on tour with Vic. It's great. Um, we don't have any dates in the upcoming couple of months uh, that are, I think he's doing a couple of days. Like, I don't know if it's up in Canada. I don't know, but it's, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not all, I'm not everywhere with him because it doesn't make sense financially to get the plane ticket, to get the hotel, just to do my 20 minutes. If they were paying for me to do that kind of tour, then fine. But that's not the situation. So anyway, I don't have any dates come up with him. I have some shows here and there in the city, but not a ton. Not, you know, not a ton. And that's definitely one of these things when you're doing stand-up comedy because you need to be on stage a lot. You need to always be writing, which I am. But it's um, it's frustrating because you're like, I'm getting good. I'm getting funny really funny. Uh, and it is a science. It is a science, by the by. You have to be, you, have, you obviously have to have a natural thing, right? You have to have natural charisma. You have to be naturally want to perform, but but it is a, you could learn to be funny by the by. Um, so it's like, I, 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 everything, it's getting good. Everything's getting great. Like, you know, I get when, when people see me at the Vic shows or, you know, whatever, like I'm getting tons of uh, feedback, but I'm not passed at, all the clubs in the city. Uh, you don't need to be passed at every single club to be a stand-up comedian. That's a big myth. A lot of comedians say, oh my God, I need to be at every single club. You don't need to be at every club. That's ridiculous. That's almost like saying I need to like every single meat that's in the, the, the refrigerator section at the supermarket. You don't. If you eat chicken and you eat beef, fine. That's what you like. You'll you still get your protein or whatever. You don't need to eat veal. You don't need to eat tripe. Is that even considered a meat, by the way, or is that considered like an innard, a tripe? Oh my God, by the way, uh, my grandmother, she loves tripe. She likes tripe. And if you don't know tripe, this is cow intestines. What? Italians, they love tripe. They love tripe. My grandmother, she sautés a little garlic, a little uh, onion, puts tomatoes in, peas, the tripe. She stews it up, eats it with macaroni. I could, this thing looks like a giant commercial sponge. And if you go to any Italian enclaves, by the way, you'll see tripe on the chalkboard. Anyway, tangent, tangent over, coming back to reality. Okay, tripe is an innard. I don't know if we should be calling tripe a meat. But my point is, if you have a couple of meats in the refrigerator section at the supermarket, you got your meat covered, right? And that's like stand-up comedy. If you work in a couple of clubs, you got your club time, you got your club, your audience, whatever, covered. You don't need to necessarily diversify to every single club in the city. But a lot of comics, especially young, young comics, they see, well, if I'm not in X club, that means I'm not successful or I need to be. That's not true. That's not true. It's just about getting the reps, getting out there, working on your craft, getting so good, getting so undeniably good that they can't deny you, that any club can't deny you, right? That's that's what I'm doing. That's the track I'm on. But and of course, you know, and then, and then let me say, and then there's that, then there's something interesting that happens, right? You get so good that either every club wants you or, you know, or whatever, or, you know, you're, you're, you're wherever you are and you're, you're picking and choosing what clubs you want to be in. 
or or you just start to tour, right? Like that's it. You just start to tour. And then you'll when you when you're off the road, you'll come home, you'll play clubs or, and you're on the road. I feel for me, my journey's probably going to go the touring road, right? The touring route, just because I already have an audience, but I'm not touring. People say to me, well, if you could sell tickets in Chicago, and especially the Italian enclave, if you could sell tickets in Chicago or LA, hold on. I see my daughter. Hello. Hi. Okay. Pizza's in the oven. I'm going to put it out in a few. Okay. Love you. Close the door. I, if they say to me, if you, if you could, if you could sell tickets in Chicago, you know, in LA, uh, in Toronto, whatever, why aren't you out there doing it? I don't know. You know why? Because I, when I sell tickets and I'm out as Lisa Lucci doing my hour of comedy, whatever, I want the show to just be so great that then people tell their friends of friends, I'm not in it for a short term win. I'm not in it for a short term play. The reason why, like, and by the way, let me get this out because I think it's important to know, especially if any comedians, which I know they they do, they have co- comedians that listen. When audience like you come out to see people like me, you want, if you're coming to see me in, I don't know, 2022, you hear, say you come out and hear me do an hour, you hear my hour set. If you then see that I'm on tour in 2023, you want to come out again. You want to hear different material. And the most successful comedians, every time you go see them on tour, they have a completely different set, right? It's like you might hear a few old bits. It's like, you know, it's like music. You might hear a few of the classics, right? You might like that. But you want it's all about having new materials, right? So it's like I'm not going to go out, right, with an hour, be the you know one trick pony sort of thing, sell tickets, sell it, at whatever. I want to make sure that I'm at the level that it's so good that when then I go back out on tour, I got my whole other set and da da da, whatever. Story over. It's the weekend, just so you know. And uh, that was my little doll, Vivian, coming in, telling me she's hungry. And no, I'm not like neglecting my children, okay? The kid's hungry every freaking hour. I don't even know what to do with these kids anymore. Okay, please. Uh, uh, speaking of hungry, did you know that they're making macaroni straws? Like, you know, because plastic straws are banned. Plastic straws are banned. And then they use the paper straws, which everybody, that, who, 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 like, who, who enjoys an ice cold seltzer with a paper straw? You put the paper straw in, you take a few steps, paper straws, all of a sudden, like a flaccid penis. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And then you got paper particles in your mouth. Like, ew. Ugh. The best straws I've had, they're like made out of corn and they're these, they're blue straws. They're blue. Who, what, there's a couple of coffee shops that do them. I can't remember. But anyway, I was reading in a magazine, pasta, macaroni straws, taking it back to the old school. Do you ever remember being a little kid and you go in in your mother's pantry, maybe find some long bucatini, dried bucatini or something, drop it in, drop, drop it in your little baby cup and you sip, right? Well, now that's like an actual thing. You could buy them on Amazon, by the way, for $9. Pasta Life is the brand. Eco-friendly drinking straws. Um, I, I, I didn't buy them because I'm not spending $9 for a pack of macaroni. If I wanted to buy <laughs> macaroni straws, I would buy a 99-cent box of Bucatini. Just saying. Caroline's Comedy Club is shutting down. Rest in peace. Sad, sad, sad. I... I knew about certain things and I'm sad about it. 
I had some of my first big shows there. Rest in peace, Caroline's. Caroline is still obviously alive. She's well. She's kicking. She's gorgeous. Absolutely fabulous, by the way. But they raised their rent. That was the problem. They raised their rent. Because because landlords are disgusting. Okay, because instead of preserving a 30 year old comedy club in Times Square, which, by the way, next to juniors, which is which has upgraded itself in restaurants, used to be in a different location. And it's great. You could do Caroline's. You can eat there if you want. I prefer to go to juniors after or before. But instead of keeping a comedy club next to juniors two institutional New York institutions, you know what you rather do? You, you, you greedy fuck landlord. You rather raise Caroline's rent, make them shut down at 30 years. How dare you? How, you know what? You know, what's probably going to open in Caroline's space, a smoke shop, just what Times Square needs casinos and smoke shops. Okay. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so annoyed about it. I'm just, I'm annoyed about it because because I love Caroline's. I love the space. It's a beautiful space. It's a, it, it's it's pretty. It's not dingetta. You know, some clubs, you go around the country, you go around the world to comedy clubs. Some clubs are disgusting. You can't even go to the bathroom. Bathroom stinks. Caroline's is a beautiful club. Stage is nice and big. A lot of comedians have their, got, got starts there. Caroline, very supportive of comedians. I mean, honestly, it's a shame. It's really a shame. Okay, I have to tell you what I did yesterday. It wasn't really on my my to- talking topics, but I um I was maybe going to save it for next week. I went on a tour of the catacombs of New York. If you don't know what catacombs are, these are underground burial. Okay, so uh, catacombs are, are are underground, and it's a place where it's a medieval style of burying underneath um underneath the ground like not in not not uh not like a cemetery plot where you're in the dirt like they were they're below ground and tunnels and sort of like vessels right and they this has for a millennia people have been using this uh catacombs as a burial method and there are catacombs all over the world i went to the catacombs in rome when i lived there 20 years ago okay but i haven't been to catacombs since and St. Patrick's, the old St. Patrick's Cathedral, I got to clarify, the old St. Patrick's Cathedral is down on Mott Street, okay, Mott and Prince. I used to work across the street when I worked at that publishing company with Bess. Our office was at 262 Mott, so we were directly across the street, well, directly diagonal from the old St. Patrick's Cathedral, which, by the way, is like a mini wooden replica of the grand St. Patrick's Cathedral in Midtown that you know. Uh, So, at the old St. Patrick's, they have catacombs underneath, right? And they've been closed for a very long time. And then they they did a big restoration in 2013. They opened them back up. You can tour them and it is well worth the ticket price, people. It's not cheap. It's like $40 a ticket <clears throat> or whatever. And I got the tickets for myself, my two girls and my boyfriend. So, you know, do the math. It was not a cheap thing. It was amazing. First of all, um, you got to do it because it's a super cool, different New York thing to do. That's the first thing. Uh, if you're Catholic in New York, why wouldn't you want to go to the old St. Patrick's Cathedral? Okay. Uh, and if you're into any sort of stuff like burial things, which I am, don't ask. I uh, It's the one out of five 
remaining catacombs that you could tour in the world. So I went to the, the, the catacombs in Rome. I don't actually know off the top of my head where the other catacombs are that you could tour. And one might be in Egypt, one might be in Israel. I'm not sure. But you can tour this one. And um, if you Google, like, I don't know, New York City, St. Patrick's catacombs tour, you'll be, it'll come up. I went on this guy, he 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 had his tours at Tommy's New York. This is very cute. Tommy's New, it's his slogan, Tommy's New York, take a walk. Like, it's, how cute is that? And, and he's this old school guy from the neighborhood and he does the tour. And you get a whole history of the tour, of the uh, history, sorry, of the church inside. He walks you through the cemeteries outside, North Cemetery, South Cemetery. And then you get to go through the catacombs. And it's fabulous. My family is from Greenwich Village. Okay. My family are uh, on my father's side. They're all from Greenwich Village. My grandfather went to school at the old St. Patrick's Cathedral. My grandfather, Dominic, he went uh, to school there. And so I, I have a personal connection with the church. I've been to mass there. It's it's just beautiful. You, you got to see it. You got to see it. And if you are interested in what I'm talking about and you don't live here, here is a big secret. On Amazon Prime, you can rent the movie called The Oratorio, The Space Oratorio, O-R-A-T-O-R-I-O. And that, and they told, I never heard of this movie and I, they told it to me yesterday on the tour and I watched it last night and it was gorgeous. It's a quick watch, like 60 minutes. Martin Scorsese directed this movie and it's about the old St. Patrick's Cathedral, Little Italy, which is that neighborhood. Now it's referred to as Nolita. And uh, it's about the music that happened inside the church. Back in the early 1800s, Italian, the Italian uh, people brought opera to the United States and they put on a giant a, a performance called La Oratorio, or The Oratorio. And this whole movie is about that that concert, that opera concert, the church, the grounds, the whole thing. It doesn't really touch, I don't think, if I remember from last night. I don't think it talks about the catacombs, but you see Tommy and Tommy's tour, tour in New York. Scorsese's in it. Jim Gaffigan's in it because that's his church. Fabulous. Honestly, totally worth the watch. Mm. If you like anything New York related, watch The Oratorio on Amazon Prime. It's absolutely famous, uh, fabulous. And if you're Italian, uh, you just you just need to watch it. I'm fasting, people. I'm fasting. And I got a book. And you know, I'm my doctor, he wouldn't give me the, the, the medicine that I asked, Ozempic, the shot that all my friends had taken and losing like 60 pounds. No, he wouldn't give it to me. He told me he prescribed intermittent fasting. Remember that? So I... <clears throat> Like five days a week, I, I'm starting eating. I know it's this is going to sound insane. I'm going, I'm, I'm starting to eat at 3.30, 4 o'clock. And I basically have like two small meals and then I stop eating at 9 o'clock. I, I just want to say I've already lost like seven pounds and I'm happy. I mean, I'm then the two other days of the week, I'm basically just going ham. Not ham, like eating sticks of butter, by the way. I'm not eating sticks of butter, but but I'm 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 eating. I'm just doing whatever I want. And but I'm not having all but the other thing, I'm not having a cheese smorgasbord at midnight on the couch, which is what I used to do. Remember, I went through the phase of every day I'm having Marino's ices. Remember the phase I I I ate six boxes of wheat thins in two weeks because I for some reason I got in my head that the wheat thin factory was closing down. I'm not doing that. 
I'm doing fasting from four o'clock in the, I, I, I start eating it for five days a week. I start eating at like three 30, four o'clock in the afternoon. I stop eating at nine o'clock, do that for five days. And then two days I'm doing ham. But if you want ham, AK, hot as a motherfucker eating hot as a motherfucker. Okay. There's a book that this uh, fasting group I'm a part of recommends Dr. Jung. I hope it's Jung. Because I, I, I've, so, because I sold it to somebody else and I like got the name wrong, but it's called the Complete Guide to Fasting. Apparently, this is like the Bible of fasting books of intermittent fasting. Uh, and you know, and he talks about the benefits of fasting and how it's reversed like people's diabetes and all this kind of very like holistic stuff. I believe it. Like some of that stuff, I'm a little like, ah, come on. I, I'm, I believe in modern medicine, and I do, but. Sometimes when like, you know, people that are diagnosed with type two diabetes, they say you could regulate it with diet and exercise. Like he gives really specific use cases. Like people are talking about what they've done. And uh, one of the things that I also did in this last month of this um, miserable trying to lose the 20 pounds that I gained so I could stop being ATF all-time fattest uh, is that I, I'm not eating as much macaroni. I'm trying to go from refined grains to whole grains. You know, so like if I make a chicken soup, I would normally put like ditalini in or orzo, you know, just like macaroni. But instead I'm putting, you know, like barley in or farro, which is, you know, going from the refined to the whole grain. So I know all about whole grains and refined grains, but I don't know. I'm just more on that. And I hope this isn't a phase. I'm hoping that I could do a lifestyle change. I was reluctant to talk about it because sometimes I'm like, I'm on it, side. <laughs> But, you know, I, and then it sticks for like two weeks because like I, I do the yo-yo weight. Everybody can relate to this, though, that I'm still drinking the coffee black. I'm 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 trying to swap out the grains. And I'm doing the intermittent. If anything could be the real lifestyle change, it should be for me. The grains like the swapping of the grains and uh and the coffee that's what i'm hoping for i'm not never going to eat macaroni again that's not realistic i'm I, but i'm just not going to eat it like every week you know what i'm saying and if i could do something to 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 replace you know a, a pasta why wouldn't i do that like when it's if it's something that's easy like a like a ditalini in it's in a in a minestrone soup for a pharaoh you know like that that's an easy it doesn't you know anyway Okay, product of the week. This great brand, Apto Skincare. I've been hearing about this brand from friends. They sell in Target. It's kind of like the ordinary. This is called Apto, A-P-T-O. They sent me some products. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you very much to the brand. They sent me this really nice package. And I was when I opened the package, I saw it was from them. I was like, oh, yay. And I was uh, worried. Not worried, but kind of. I wasn't worried about anything. Somebody sent me free beauty products. I'm already, I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping that it was going to have their signature product, which is a turmeric facial mist. Because that's the product I've been hearing about. That's like their cult product. And it was, it was in there. And I was so excited. And here's the best part. It's $6 at Target. So, or like on Amazon. So, so it's like so affordable. Basically what it is, is it's just a facial mist. Like it's a product you don't really need. Like, let's be serious. But if you're feeling stressed during the day, your skin is feeling dry, maybe dry from the heat. Uh, oh, that's Coco. 17 year old, long hair, chihuahua, coughing. You okay, Koki? 
Okay. Um, if you're feeling, your skin's feeling dry from like heat, you live in a pot building like me, maybe you're just feeling stressed. Maybe you just want your fit skin to be a little dewy. You just spray this turmeric mist on your face. It could be during the day. I haven't done it during the day though, but I do it uh, in the morning and at night. And I really, I like it. I don't really know what it's doing for my skin. I just feel like it's giving my skin some, you know, glowing hydration. $6 at Target. You can't go wrong. It's like the perfect stocking stuffer. Apto Skin Care. I love it. I'm love. I'm loving it. I haven't tried their other stuff. They sent me some cleansers and yada, yada. So more on that, but definitely worth uh, a try. And at $6, like that's cheaper than, than, than two globe artichokes that I bought in the store the other day. Just saying, just saying. Okay. Okay. I got to feed these kids. So it's time for me to go. And I got this dog. Like, why? This is Chris's dog. She's so adorable, Coco, 17 years old. She's hacking up a lung. Okay, we're going to go outside. I got things to do. I got to (laughs) go. Here's the quote. Here is the quote from Martin Scorsese based on, uh, inspired by this movie. I, you know, because I love him, by the way. I just, he's, who doesn't love him? He's a New York treasure. Martin Scorsese, quote, your job is to get your audience to care about your obsessions. That's the quote, people. Our job is to get our audience to care about our obsessions, probably more for entertainers or, you know, whatever. Maybe maybe it's for doctors and stuff. Like my doctor, my shrink, you know, his obsession is this fasting. He's got me obsessed. You sold me, Dr. Long. Okay. We're going to talk next week. I'm Elise DeLucci. This is Crazy Effing Mommy. You've been a doll. I miss you. Talk to you soon. Love to love you, baby. I'm the one